Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hello, everyone. For this week, I am joined by cinematographer Matteo Lodano, whose latest film, the heartwarming drama Radical, was recently released in theaters and won the Festival Favorite Award at last year's Sundance Film Festival. The film is based on a true story about a frustrated sixth grade teacher played by Eugenio Derbez in a Mexican border town who tries a radical new method to unleash their students' curiosity and potential. Um, Mateo's previous credits include Richard Wong's Hulu rom-com, The Valet, and Paul Schrader's thriller, There Are No Saints. Mateo, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh, it's great being here. So I'd love to start at the beginning of your journey with this film. Um, the director is Christopher Zala, who um, is known for directing several Law & Order episodes and being in more of the TV space. Can you talk about um, what it was like being approached by Chris to um, come onto this project and what those initial conversations were like? Uh, well, I mean, first, Chris Chris had uh, already won uh, Sundance uh, years before. Four. So he had done other films, not just uh, Law and Order, just for the um, uh, yeah, just for the record of that. But uh, the way the way I ended up on Radical was um, through uh, one of the producers, Ben Odell, uh, who I had done another film with, also with uh, you know their best called The Valet. And uh, as I was finishing The Valet, they told me about this film, which was radically different uh from the ballet is a rom-com and this this uh it had has comedy elements but it's not really a comedy and um uh, they you know uh ben arranged a meeting with chris and um you know we talked a lot about the film and kind of his approach and and how he sort of saw this film and we actually had a couple more meetings before they before he hired me. Um, so we went through, you know, we went through a little, quite a few discussions. And I think because I was just coming off that other film, there was, um, you know, famil familiar familiarity uh, for, you know, certain certain of the people working on it of having me on board. And, and um, you know, and, and we finally, you know, I finally got hired, which was great uh, because, you know, the film is awesome and it's not every day that you read a great script. And uh, Chris had such a clear idea of how he wanted to put this film together and such clear, um, well, it's clear references, I guess, that um, that it was it was just great to come on board. It's, it's great to come on to something like that, especially coming off of something so radically different. This was This was just a you know, kind of a, a dream. Um, your camera work and specifically the lighting I want to talk about first, it definitely bucks the stereotypes that we see in a lot of films that are set in Mexico or South America in general with the, you know, um, over yellow or saturated coloring. And, um, you know, your work definitely showcases more blue and warmer colors. Were those um, conversations that you had with Chris a concerted effort that you wanted to make in um, showing sort of a different side to Mexico through the lighting and the colors? Yeah, we absolutely wanted to make this film in every way, not just the, the subject matter of, 
of kind of bucking the system. I mean, we we wanted to make this film in in kind of the. I mean, I wouldn't say that we intentionally went for the opposite of anything, but what we definitely wanted is to not fall into the stereotypes of anything. And I, one of our one of our our kind of strongest uh, points was we didn't want the film to feel too Hollywoody in any kind of way. Like we didn't want it to feel too like like you could really see the the hands of the filmmakers. Like we wanted it to be as kind of as as um, I, I, real is not really a good word for that, but you know, sort of real. You know, like we 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 didn't want it to feel like we had affected it too much. So we really we went for things that were kind of the opposite of stereotypes. Uh, and we just kind of fell there. It, it truthfully wasn't like we set off to say, oh, well, you know, Mexico films are always yellow. Therefore, we're going to make a, the film a different color. Um, the film, I guess, ended up slightly cooler, but it was really meant to just not fall into those like typical things. Um, I guess the handheld camera work is, you know, pretty common of a lot of, of Mexican films uh, or films about Mexico. Um, and that was... I mean that came obviously from from an aesthetic point of view, but it also came from a you know a convenience point of view of working with the kids and and all this you know all those things kind of added up into kind of developing that style. Um, in the in the lighting, we really approached it just kind of as naturalistic as we could. Uh, we avoided uh, you know things like eye lights and rim lights and kind of all this like academic like we intentionally like if someone had like too much light in the eye we like kind of intentionally blocked it so there was you know it just it felt more natural or, or less less affected um and you know we always it was it was always about you know less is more if we can put less light on people's faces if we can put less you know less film artifacts like things that we've gotten used to in in hollywood films we would kind of shy away from that and kind of what's the least we can do from a lighting point of view? Like what, what is the, the minimum amount of stuff that we can get away with uh, and still make it look nice. And of course still see people's faces and still be able to tell the story. But we really like, at, we would put lights up and then we would say, okay, then let's just turn this stuff off and just kind of let it play and, and kind of intentionally kind of let the windows kind of blow out and kind of, um, you know, we, we weren't striving for it to be perfect. We, we actually kind of leaned into the imperfection of what this world was. Um, the film is obviously based on a true story um, in the border town of Matamoros. Um, and I wanted to know, because I know you actually shot in Veracruz, um, but did you still undergo any sort of research into the, into the town that the actual story took place in or the story itself in sort of in recreating that in Veracruz? We we absolutely uh, drew up kind of a fictional map of where everything was. Like we took the map of Matamoros, and I mean we took some liberties. I'm not going to say we were completely completely uh, faithful to this, but we did. Like we we put our our town into a map of Matamoros to kind of make. You know, what was east, what was west, when people walked out of somewhere, where were they going? So we had, a, you know, we had about, about 
eight, nine weeks of prep. And uh, it was actually a very fun part of it to was kind of creating our own Matamoros, which we tried to be as faithful as possible, considering that we shot part of the film in Mexico City and part of the film in Veracruz, which are very different. Like Mexico City is cold and it's in the mountains and the vegetation is very different. And then you go to Veracruz and it's tropical and um, hot. So it was, it was actually really hard to get this consistency to kind of even out. And we were also trying to make the beach not look like, like we looked at the beaches in, in Matamoros and they're kind of dark sand. And it's not like, it's not sunny all the time. It's, it's not what you see in Corona ads. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of tried to make the beach not seem romantic, not seem like a, like a, like a commercial. Uh, so we, we did find, like, I think we did a pretty good job, like finding like a beach with sand that sort of matched. Um, and you know, obviously the weather was whatever the weather was, but, uh, we, we, we did try to look for things and for architecturally things to be as homogenous and as accurate to, uh, to Matamoros. Um, I live in Mexico and I've actually been to Matamoros. Um, you know, I couldn't say that we, that we were that far off. Wow. Um, I want to switch gears and talk about working with Eugenio, who is obviously one of the most recognizable and famous actors in Mexico and increasingly becoming the same here in America as well. Um, had you worked with him before? And if not, what was your experience like working one-on-one -on -one with him on set? Uh, I've had the pleasure and the fortune of working with Eugenio several times. Um, Eugenio was also the uh, lead in the valet. So that was the first film that I had done with him. And uh, then I've also shot quite a few like television commercials with him um, going back uh, a couple of years, actually. Uh, so, yeah, no, I've, I've had the fortune of working with him several times. He is an absolute pleasure, both as a human being and as an actor, uh, the most professional and wonderful person. So um, and, and the same both both as a human and and as an actor. Like one of the one of the sweetest stories during Radical is that the town we were shooting in was full of stray dogs, like full. So much in the film, we actually put some barking dogs here and there because there were so many barking dogs in the scenes that it was impossible to cut the sound around the barking dogs. So we just kind of filled in kind of our room tone was kind of barking dogs everywhere. And uh, with Eugenio and a lot of the, uh, the crew, we managed to actually collect a bunch of the dogs and Eugenio rented this house and we hired this uh, veterinarian to come down and we got about 40 dogs. We got them vaccinated, neutered, a uh, bunch of them adopted, uh, all of them cured from all the crazy stuff they had. Um, so he's that kind of person. So great onset and great offset. And since you have worked with him several times to, before, do you feel like you've developed a shorthand with him where by the time you both came on to Radical, it, it's it been, it, you know, it's easier and easier working on an, on the next project with Eugenio now that you have this history with him? Um, you know, I will say that Eugenio is such a professional that working with him is easy, even from the very first scene I ever shot with him. Uh, you know, he's so well known that obviously the first time I met him, I was a little uh, intimidated just because, you know, he's just so, so well known. Um, so of course, as, as I do develop a relationship, it's easier to say, Hey, you know, 
do you mind like hitting this or doing this or can you help me by doing this? But again, he's such a professional that even for the first time I worked with him, he is so aware of the camera. He is so aware of the other actors. He's so generous with actors young and old. So he's always so conscious of things, you know, that he would like always help me like with the over the shoulders to make sure that the kids were looking in the right place. And in during, on Radicals, that was especially helpful because, uh, you know, we were working with non-actor kids or kids that had acted, but, you know, not a lot. And uh, having someone like Eugenio that really just helped, like he helped, you know, distract them when they need to be distracted. He helped them act when they needed to act. He helped them look at the right place when they needed to. So it was like just having like somebody else that was looking out for the camera department, which was super, super, super helpful. Um, you spoke earlier about more of the handheld style that you employed through the film, and that obviously was very clear um, in terms of capturing the children's point of view and having you know the camera frequently be at their height when uh, when they would be um, on screen. Can you share how important that aesthetic was in telling the story of the students? Um, the the handheld aesthetic and the camera height uh, decision of having the camera low kind of at the eye level of the kids was one of the first decisions that I think Chris and I kind of got to. I think we even got to that even before he hired me on the film. I think we were just still discussing. Um, there was, it was really important for us for the film to have the point of view of the kids um, and for the film to feel like we were seeing it through their eyes. So the, you know, we, we did some tests and we kind of measured a couple different heights and, and kind of settled on roughly because I'd obviously changed. Sometimes we're sitting, sometimes we're standing and sometimes it just didn't work just for one reason or another, the, the angles were awkward, but in this aesthetic that we were looking for of not making it, you know, perfect. We weren't trying to do like a, like a textbook film. We were trying to do a film that almost felt like it had been shot by kids. Um, so we made the decision of shooting the film with, two cameras all the time and many times even three cameras, uh, which, you know, obviously affected some lighting decisions, but it also, um, it also gave the camera work spontaneity, which was something that we really were looking for. We weren't, we, we wanted to have the energy of almost being a kid in the classroom, mm -hmm. specifically for the classroom scenes, you know, the, those, that's where we really, really kind of applied this idea. So, you know, being handheld was just kind of a very logical decision. We we shot the film with uh, Ari Alexa Mini LFs, and we we had them built like really tiny. Uh, like we took all the components off and just had them built as little as they could be. And that way the camera operators could just kind of be with the kids. And that was kind of, I think, one of the best decisions we made because I think it turned out great. And it also like the camera operators ended up developing a relationship with the kids after a while where um, they just worked together really well. Um, and speaking of these, this amazing group of child actors, as you said before, this was many of their first times ever on set. And um, you mentioned that Eugenio is just outstanding in working with, um, you know, young actors like these who, you know, the world of, you know, being on a set is so new to them. Um, but I'm interested to know as the DP, um, what's it like for you working with so many 
you know, kids who are new to, you know, this world? Um, what was that experience like for you? <laughs> well, there, there's two sides to that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the kids, when you were watching the takes and you're, uh, you know, looking at the monitor, you were just amazed to see them perform the way they did. And, uh, you know, the, the, when we were starting to shoot, we were kind of concerned about their performances. I mean, that was also part of the decision to shoot with so many cameras, uh, which, wasn't, which wasn't an easy thing from a cinematography point of view. Um, but then we realized they were so good that um, after a couple of weeks, it was so easy to just say, no, 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 just do this, you know, this and this and that. And, and they were like, like they had been acting for many years. Uh, that's the great side. The, the, the harder side is, you know, being surrounded by 12 and 13, 14 year olds, uh, you know, they have a short attention span. Right. So it wasn't a very quiet set. Like there was a lot of please quiet. And when you're, you know, when you're an hour 12 and you're trying to think and you've got, you know, tired kids yapping, uh, you know, that part becomes a little, uh, it, it's another layer of, of, uh, of, making the set just a little, you know, sometimes a, a little more difficult. So I would say on an individual basis, the kids were amazing. On a group basis, it's like, you know, putting 25, uh, you know, 13-year-olds is, uh, is a loud proposal. Yeah. And I'm sure the short attention spans combined with, you know, the child labor laws of only, uh, you know, they can only be on set for a finite amount of hours made it all the more, um, or gave, gave, you all um, all the more pressure um yes, in getting in what you needed to absolutely. get absolutely absolutely yes uh and our locations were far so on top of that we had to consider transportation uh to and from yeah and uh you know mexico city has very inconsistent lighting uh yeah. especially that time of year so there was that so yeah there's there's a couple there's a couple things i mean i think in the scenes with just one or two of them it was like working with a professional actor who had been doing it forever. Like, truthfully, they were so amazingly good. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> the difficulty was when there was 25 or 30 or 50 of them or 100 of them. Like, we had a couple days, like, at the end of the film. And I think we had 120 kids. And just organizing that was hard. Are you still there, uh, Max? You cut out. Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, just had one last question, which was um, if we have any projects to expect from you in 2024. Well, I just, I'm just finishing a film, I think, next week. Um, and uh, I mean, the, I'm finishing the, the color correction. The film was shot last year uh, for, it's going to be on uh, Amazon Prime. And um, it's, um, I don't know how much I can talk about it. So maybe, maybe just that. Okay. Sometime in 2024, though, we can expect it. Yes. I'd say probably second quarter of 2024. Um, they haven't. Uh, they uh, they haven't told me very much about the release. Okay. It's it's a very different film. It's kind of a. I'm. I think I'm very fortunate that I get to do very different films all the time. So I went from a romantic comedy to sort of a indie drama and this is kind of an action film um and uh, uh, you know it's a lot of fun it's great so uh, but uh, yeah no, i haven't heard when it's coming out uh, like i say i'm i'm gonna say probably april or may but i'm not exactly sure okay 
Sounds good. Well, um, congratulations again, Mateo, on Radical, and I'm um, looking forward to um, what you have to come later this year in 2024 on Amazon. Well, thank you very much, Max. I uh, Hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk about that one when it comes out. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.